0: I'd, I'd ask you to turn to Judges chapter number sixteen with me this morning. I mentioned to you not too long ago. I've been studying from Judges a lot, and uh, just uh, just found a lot in Judges that I've never seen. Uh, a lot in ju- I'll, just to be honest with you, to be very frank, I, I've not really studied Judges very deeply. Um, and uh, so uh, I'm, I know we're all inclined in different um, scriptures or inclined to study different uh, passages uh, more so than others. And um, But what's funny is of all I've seen in my study of Judges, it was the most— well-known story out of Judges that God gave me a message from Judges 16 and um, so we may uh, we may swing back through Judges a little bit because I've, I've got uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there and so God's uh, working on some some things and some things I've seen with uh, with Gideon and his life and so excited about some other messages God's give me but specifically today I want to talk about Samson. And I uh, love the, the, the story of Samson, but really, you know, you hear it as a kid and you think about Samson's strength and Samson's power and Samson's this and Samson's that, but uh, really you find a, a, a story of tragedy um, and uh, thankfully of redemption. But I, I so this morning I want to preach to you um, a thought um, down but not defeated, and I believe that's the uh, the the way that you could explain uh, Samson's life. Um, he had much success, he had much strength, he had much power. Um, he had more than uh, what what any of us could ever imagine. Um, I, I believe that he was he he looked like he was powerful. I mean he was the judge of fury and justice. Um, on the on the Philistines, so I believe that he looked ferocious, and he was uh, most likely, I think, the, the the biggest, most muscular person I've ever seen in my life. You think about Arnold Schwarzenegger years ago, and I think that that's what Samson looked like. Um, I mean, he he probably was a big old you know burly uh, heavy man that looked like he had. You know he he definitely ate his wheaties for breakfast, but um, but but he will find in his life that his strength comes from a different source than just just his hair. And so uh, I want to preach to you, down but not defeated. We'll look here in Judges 16. Let's look at uh, verse number four, and I may jump around a little bit. I won't turn you ask you to turn to all the chapters, but I'm going to pull a little bit from each chapter 14, 15, and 16. Uh, but let's look at, at chapter number 16 now. To give you just a little bit of, of background of what's going on here. Samson had sought in in chapter number fourteen to marry a Philistine woman, and that was not a godly thing. That was not something that was acceptable. But God allowed it, and he married that Philistine woman. And then uh, the Philistine woman was taken from him by her father and given to um, to a a friend of his. And so his his wife's his Philistine wife that he shouldn't have been married to was taken from him, given away. And then uh, you find that that he burned the Philistines' corn, and so that that kind of instigated this war between Samson and the Philistines. And so uh, it instigates and starts this war, and uh, and and Samson just goes and I mean he goes on on a war path and just kills. Uh, who knows how many people? We know at one time a thousand men uh, with the jawbone of an ass, and I'd say that's power um, to take the, the, a, a piece of a corpse and kill a thousand men with it. That's, uh, that's numbers that you find with artillery. Uh, that's numbers you typically don't find with one man, maybe a whole army, but not one man. Um, and so, so he kills all these Philistines. And then then we get to uh, chapter number 16. I mean, he's very down. Uh, well, the Philistines end up killing uh, his wife and so he's down in a bad spot in his life. And then you'll find that he goes on. and in here in verse, or chapter 16, verse number one, where we're going to start. I want to look at this at where he's at in his life and what's going on. And so, uh, so he gets a little bit down, and here he is in, in verse one of chapter 16, the Bible says, "Then went Samson to Gaza, and Saul there, and Harlot, and went in unto her. And it was told to the Gaziots, saying, Samson has come hither, and they come past him in, and laid wait for him all the night in the gate of the city, and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson laid on midnight, and arose at midnight, and took the doors of the gate of the city, and, to, and the two-posts, and went away with them, bar and all. And put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the hill, which is before Hebron. And it, and it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. God, I pray that you would just fill us up this morning. God, with your spirit, I pray, God, that you would fill me. I pray, God, that you would take the things away that prevent me from serving you as I should. God, I pray that I would just be a willing vessel. God, I pray that this word would be uh, enlightened to us, and I pray that it would find fallow ground in our hearts that it might grow. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so uh, as we summarize there, we think about um, Samson's experiences. If you think back into Judges uh, 14, you'll find uh, the Bible says, And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me to wife. Then his father, we know, and let me stop here. I'm sorry. We know that um, that it was uh, promised to God that Samson would be held in regard as a Nazarene. He would be separated. That that that's his life. The and you'll find that the his source of his strength was the locks of his hair. And uh, God would and, and his parents were told that you know a razor shouldn't come up on his head. He shouldn't have his hair cut. And that was his his sense and signifying uh, per point of him and his relationship to God and so here he is wanting to marry a woman that's not part of the family that's not part of the fold that's not part of his blood and uh, and, and look at his father and mother here in verse 3 and then his father and mother said unto him is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines and Samson said to his father get her for me look at this He's, look at what he says for she pleaseth me well You will find in Samson's life that it is women that are his downfall and I'd say most men have that problem Um, most men have that issue uh, especially as you're younger and I was talking to a friend that's wanting to get married and I said the best thing you can do is he's he's a preacher too and I told him the best thing you can do is run from it till you can't run from it anymore Um, because you and I'm I'm telling you I'm I'm afraid so many young people are just getting married at the 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 blow of the wind and a drop of a hat and I believe that they just get married and they're they're going after whatever they want in their flesh whatever They want in their heart. They think that that's part of life. That's just something you got to go and do. And I'm afraid that that's a that's a point and a uh, a point where we find down the road that 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 homes are broken and things are split. And I'm not saying God can't use you from that because He can. But I believe that that uh, you know we don't want to try to get it right the first time, and we we may not have some things that hurt in our life. And I believe that that's one of Samson's point and one of Samson's uh, downfalls is that he he wants to marry a woman that's not not that's the wrong woman. It's not part of the fold. It's not part of the family. And he wants to marry her. And so he's down in his life. And let's think about uh, where he's at. He's down because of life circumstances here. Because you see that he ends up marrying her. And in chapter number 15, it says in the first verse, But it came to pass within a while after in the time of wheat harvest that Samson visited his wife with a kid. And he said, I will go into to my wife into the chamber but her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hast utterly hated her, therefore I gave her to thy companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. And Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. And Samson went, listen, this is just... The Bible's true. This is just, this blows my mind. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands or torches and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire and he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and also the standing corn with vineyards and olives. And the Philistines said, Who hath done this? And they answered Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. Now, I'd say that this got him down just a little bit in his life. This probably affected him. It probably mentally, physically, emotionally affected his situation. And I'd say it would me too. You think something like that happened. I don't care if I'm married to the wrong person, someone that I you know that I'm caring about or somebody, even if it's people that I, I don't maybe need to be around that I do care about that I wouldn't want to see anything bad happen to them, but especially a wife, someone that you know and God allowed that to happen. You'll find that back in chapter number 14, God allowed it to happen and and how distraught he was. but look, he marries the wrong woman. And then we'll go on to chapter 16 and we're going to start looking at our, our text that we're going to read today and we're going to cover today. It says, Then went Samson to Gaza in verse number 1 and saw there in Harlot and went in unto her. Matthew Henry said this, Samson, he that in the choice of a wife is only guided by his eye and governed by his fancy. I like that. I like Matthew Henry. He's, this is years and years ago as he wrote these things and, and, and how elegant that's said, but he is guided only by his eye and governed by his fancy. And we find that he's guided by his eye in the way that he would marry a woman. But then when she's gone, you find that he's guided by his fancy with the harlot. He's continuing to fulfill his flesh with lust. So his life circumstances have gotten him down. His lust has gotten him down. And and so you find that, that he's got a pattern. And these Philistines that want to destroy him and want to see something bad happen to him, they they know that there's a pattern. They see that pattern. They're, hey, here he is. He's marrying one of our own, and and we see that you know that in, in our life. And maybe that's not such a big deal because it did happen back then. But but that they see that. But then when they see him go and and he, and he lays with the harlot, this guy, he's got strength and he's got power, but his true weakness is women. The source of his strength is his hair, but his his true weakness is women. And so he goes and he spends his time with this harlot. And so we see life circumstances have got him down and his lust has got him down, but then he spent his time with his harlot. Let's look in verse number four. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah, and the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, entice him. This is what I was, they say entice him to Delilah. This is, they know that, hey, we'll get someone. He cares about her. We will get her. We'll turn her against him. We'll give her some incentive to turn against him, and we'll be able to defeat him using Delilah. And said unto her, And see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him. In other words, find out what what can really get him, what can destroy him, and we will act on it. They told her this. It wasn't like she was just fooled into into, into trying to find this out from Samson, but she, she was a part of it. And by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. Verse number 6. And Elinah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, If thou bind me with seven great wives that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another, man, and another as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green waths which had not been dried and she bound him with them. Now, the wath that's a that's a cord. And a green wath is one that hadn't been yet dried, of course, as we see there. So you can something that a cord before it's been dried is even it's even stronger. It's even harder to break in this context and in this thought. And we find he, Samson enjoyed this kind of stuff. Samson enjoyed this kind of of trickery, and he enjoyed that. You find him at his wedding feast back when he married the Philistine woman. You'll find him uh, giving riddles uh, to the uh, you know to the Philistines, and he joked with them. and I believe he was a happy man, but I but but he liked these this kind of things, especially he's spending this time with someone that he cares about. He's spending this time with Delilah, and and he he's enjoying this. And the Bible says in verse 9, Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the wise, and a thread of toe is broken when it toucheth the fire. As a thread of toe is broken when it toucheth the fire, so his strength was not known. And then verse 10, And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou, thou mockest me, and told me lies. And, and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest me be bound? And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes and they, and they that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber. And he brake them off from his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson hitherto, Thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, if thou weavest the seven locks of my head within with the web. Now I want you to notice something about his trickery here. She's wanting to know where his strength lies. The Philistines want to know where his strength lies. And as he is telling these, uh as he's telling these 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 tales to her and giving her these, these tricks, she's asking him to bind him. As we would see, if we see a very strong man, we think that his strength's in his shoulders, it's in his biceps, it's in his chest, it's in his core, it's in his back. And so he's telling him to bind her uh, and bind those things together. Well, of course, he could break those with no problem. But look, as he's being tempted by Delilah, as he's being tricked by Delilah, as she is inquiring and pestering him about this, he, he eventually gets to, hey, he, he's, he's tricking her and he uses his hair as an example. He doesn't completely reveal the source of his strength, but he gets close enough. Isn't that in our Christian lives, when we sin and we do wrong and we get away from God, that we are pestered by the world, or maybe not by the world, but maybe just by something that we've sinned in in the past or something that beguiles us, and we get closer and closer to the source of our strength. We know our strength lives within, Christ within. And our heart drives us and our heart guides us. And don't we get closer and closer? Maybe, maybe we need our feet washed because we've, we've walked in the world as the disciples did, as the disciples had their feet washed. Maybe we need that, but eventually corruption gets to the point where it's closer and closer to our source of strength. It's closer to, to our guide and our, and our heart and our, and our life. And we play these games with the world. We play these games with people in the world and we start revealing to them where we can really fall. Samson's circumstances got him down. His his lust got him down, but you'll find that his lack of resistance to Delilah gets him down. Said, And he said in verse 13, And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web, and she fastened it with the pen, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And, she awaked out of his, and he awaked out of his sleep, and went away with the pen of the beam and with the web. Verse 15, And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee with thine, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily, she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. He went from having a little bit of fun and playing a little bit of games to literally grieved in his heart, in his soul, because she pressed him so greatly. When we put ourselves around the wrong people in our life, that's what's going to happen. When we surround ourselves with people that we shouldn't be around to begin with, what do we expect? When we play the games and we, we do the riddles and have the jokes and, and we uh, we show off and we do those kind of things, what do we expect's going to happen? Eventually we get to a deep, dark spot, and it says in verse 17, And he told her all his heart and unto her that there hath not come a razor upon my head. For I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go for me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Just gave it all to her. And don't you believe in our Christian life, and our walk, in, in our day-to-day life, it's the people of the world, it's the things of TV, it's the things on Facebook, it's the things out there that pass us by, it's the the the, the banks are wanting it, the, the TV wants it, the, the stores at the mall want it, they want us, they want our attention, they want our desires, and they want to know what gets us distracted. You can search something on on Google, and you'll see an ad for it on Facebook. You, you can search, and that's how crazy the world is. And you think about Delilah, she's trying. She's prying. She's pushing. She's trying to find something that interests Samson. She, and she realizes it's her. The Philistines realized it was women. Then the Philistines realized it was Delilah. They put the, the the exact thing that he didn't need in his life in front of him, and she was the perfect person for him. He stayed around her because the Bible says that he did love her, and he stayed around her, and daily she pressed on him. What do you expect when you fill your mind and you fill your heart with things of the world? What do you expect's going to happen? What do you expect uh, that, that, that your you're little flesh that's that's really evil and messed up on the inside what do you expect it's going to do what do you expect your mind's going to take you to if you continue in these kind of things and so so he continues in this in this and then he gives her everything he says this is the source of my strength if you cut if my hair is cut it's gone he confided in the world and some of the the worst mistakes i've ever i've ever made have been when i confided in the world you say, well, I've confided in Christian people and got let down. Hey, I, I have too. But I tell you what, the people that, the Christian people that have let me down, yes, they're flesh, but look at the patterns of their life. Look at sometimes the, the Christian people that have let me down, there's stuff underneath I can't see. That's Delilah. He couldn't see the, the trickery. He couldn't see that. And she says, Well, you said you loved me. Why, you know, and you won't tell me. You said you loved me. I'm trying to. Pique his interest and get, it, get into his heart, get into his mind. And she did. Verse 18 says, And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she said, and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand, and she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. Verse 20, And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as the as at, as at other times before and shake myself. And he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines, verse 21 22, this is where we're going to kind of settle down and think on this for a few minutes, and we'll be done. But verse 21 says, But the Philistines took him, And put out his eyes, and brought him down to Gaza, and bound him with the fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Now, I don't want to. We'll just we'll stop there for just a second. I want to think about Samson's carelessness and what it cost him. You find that it cost him his strength. God provided him with strength, provided him with power that we have we couldn't have imagined. The man literally carried the gates of the city off on his shoulders. I, we we can't imagine that you can't you can't imagine that without thinking of of Superman or you know some kind of modern worldly thought that we have. I mean, there's no human I know of that can do that, and I know some strong people. Some of the strongest people are lacking a little bit in the in the in the the brain section, and and Samson is the is the true key uh, or true true uh, perfect example of that because. He did deliver himself. I mean, he opened up the doors for this to come and afflict him in his life. He lost his strength. But verse 21, he loses his sight. His eyes being put out, that was nothing that could have ever happened had he not been weakened and fell into that sin with Lala. Had he not re- revealed his strength, he could have, that, there's no man that could have ever done that to him. He's just walking down the road, and a lion jumps out. He just kill it with his bare hands. He didn't. I mean, he had the strength to do that. To kill a thousand men at once, he had the the strength and the mental fortitude to, to do that. I don't think we can comprehend the strength that he had. But his sin cost him it, and his sin cost him his sight, and then his sin cost him his success, because it says. The Philistines took him, put out his eyes, and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. This is where this is where I want to set up camp right here in verse 22 because he's down, but he's not defeated. I do not believe, and I, I wish I could remember the A.W. Tozer quote that I could quote it exactly the same, but it's just... It's just simple truth, simple thought. Salvation is not a license to sin. It doesn't, just because we're, I, and I know people that do that, and I'll be honest, I have a hard time believing that they truly have salvation in their heart. Well, I'll do it. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I ain't worried about it. Anybody so pompous and arrogant that can say that, I, I have a hard time believing that it was ever in their heart to begin with. Well, I'm saved. I'm all right. Samson had kind of lived his life like that. We're, I've got strength. I've got power. It's never gonna gonna leave me. It's like kind of the, the the arrogance of being young. You think you're never gonna get old. You think you're never gonna die. You think you're never gonna have hard times, but you do. And you find that hey, it happens. We are gonna sin. We're gonna fall. We're gonna do do things wrong. But here, at verse twenty-two. This is the turnaround for Samson. It says, "Howbeit, this is a blessing right here. Howbeit." The hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. In other words, his strength became, became began to come back. Now I believe that there's some things in here, in the Bible, uh, sometimes leaves things out I'm not trying to gra- grasp at straws But I believe that spiritually Mentally There was something that was going on In Samson's life I believe this is the picture Of Samson, Samson's consecration And I believe he's down there In that prison house And he's grinding away At the, the corn, the wheat, the grain Whatever it may have been And I believe that it was probably This big old uh, wooden wheel Probably looked like the, the steering wheel of a ship You know with a, with a ha- the, the wooden handles off of it And I believe he's probably pushing And he's grinding away In this deep and dark And place of despair And he's pushing away and he's grinding away and he doesn't have the strength that he used to have. He doesn't have what he, what he used to have in the Lord. He doesn't have the relationship that he used to have with God. And there he is, he's pushing away and he's grinding away and he's, probably as big as an ox and he just doesn't have the strength to do it and every time he takes a turn around I believe that he is seeing and he's experiencing and looking back and realizing where he went wrong he looks back at the relationship that he had with the Philistine wife, he looks back at the relationship that he had with the harlot he looks back at the relationship that he had with Delilah and he begins to see that he had given up his strength, he had passed out uh, uh, all that he'd had and they would taken it from him, the world didn't really care for him, Delilah didn't really care for him and this prison house, it's 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 nasty. It's dirty, and he can't see to begin with. And you think about it; it's probably a dark place. And you, and at least in darkness, and in, in out in the woods at night, you can at least make figures out. But he he was blinded. His eyes and in that day they wouldn't just poke your eyes to blind you. They they took them out of your head. I mean, he didn't even have eyes in his head. So you can I can't imagine how dark it was down in that place. But spiritually, he was he was darker than he had ever been. Spiritually, he was uh, vexed. He was he was he was depressed. And here he is, he's depraved of God. And I believe that this is where he began to get right. I believe this is where he began to say, hey, you know what? I'm going I'm to purpose in my heart that I'm not going to give away my strength again. The Bible is very specific about time. I believe that here, in, because it goes on in verse 23, it says, Then. So howbeit the, the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. And then in verse 23, it says, Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God. Then. I believe if he had been down there a long time, it would, have, it would have said 10 years. It would have said 20 years, 40 years. I'm not saying he wasn't there for 10 minutes or 10 days, but I don't believe it was a long time between him and being delivered to the Philistines. And there he is, he's, he's, he's pushing away, he's grinding away. And I believe as his hair began to grow back, he started to get right with God. He started to get things uh, back to where they used to be. And I believe that big old grinding wheel started to get lighter and started to get lighter. And as he passed around, as passed around, I believe his hair grew back quicker than, than we can ever imagine. I'm telling you, my hair grows fast. Shelby's cutting my hair right now and and she cut it like last week and I need to have it cut again if I was to shave my face I would have to shave every single day that's how quickly my hair grows I think his hair probably grew quicker than that because he he began to get his relationship with God right and that point the 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 point God made with the Nazarenes was that long hair to be an example of their consecration to be an example of their relationship with God I believe you could see that in his life as that began to grow back because it it doesn't take me 10 days to get right with God doesn't take me 10 years to get right with god thankfully because of his uh, forgiveness thankfully because of, of of the redemption the price he's paid for me through jesus i can get right i've got jesus there at the right hand of the father to to make intercession for me i can say lord here i am again i've done wrong i've sinned i want to get right i want to get out of this prison house but it's those prison houses in our life they're classrooms it's it's where we can learn don't you know those philistines that thought they'd had him licked they thought they'd had him defeated and he's down there in that prison house. And don't you know they looked at him and they saw this, this man just blinded, this big old brute of a man blinded, chained up. And he's pushing and he's pushing and he's pushing. You know what? I think they were looking to see the way he responded. They didn't realize that the God of heaven, the creator of this earth, the God of Samson, the God of you, the God of me, is greater than any of them put together greater than their gods, greater than anything they could accomplish, greater than anything they could do. Their, the God of Samson is a God of forgiveness. He's a God of power. And he began to give Samson that back. One man said, the lust of the eye had led him astray, and the loss of his sight showed him his sin. How about that? That God can do that, that, that our eyes could be plucked from our head and God can still show us stuff. Because spiritual, the spiritual eye... It sees things. If God wants you to see something, if you will ask God to see something, God, show me my wrongdoing. I'm afraid so many Christians that can't get past the valley they're in or the, the, the ditch they're in or the hole they're in in their life, the people that can't get out of the prison house won't allow God to show their heart, show their soul anything. Show them they're wrong. People, the biggest problem I have in my life is not when I don't admit my wrong. Well, that was okay. That was justified. Sometimes it is, sometimes it ain't. Samson's life, it wasn't justified. He had given away everything God had given him, blessed him with. God didn't leave Samson there. But Samson had, had fell a great ways. I like the story, I, I just had just read it last night. John Phillips had told the story of when he had first moved to Canada in British Columbia, and you think about out west, the great trees of the west. And he worked at a bank, and he was, a, a of course, a, a pastor in the in the area. And he worked at a, uh, he was an executive, actually, for one of the banks out there. And he was working, and he had some friends in a, in, a, in a lumber yard. And they would go out, and they would look for trees to cut. They would look for, for tracts of land to buy, to, to to log, to build houses with and things. And they were out one day, and... Virgin forest, and a virgin forest. And it had never been touched, and never been cut. Actually, people didn't live within miles of this area. And they said, they, they remember, he remembered them telling him that they heard this huge crash, just this thunderous, thunderous crash. And they, they of course, run towards the sound to try to find out what it is, and one of the, the giant trees of that forest had fell. And then when it fell, it came down. They said that they, they could feel the bark, especially down at the, at the roots or down closer towards the base of the tree, and the bark was just as strong as it could ever be. And up near the top of the tree, the, the leaves were just healthy and green. The, the limbs of this tree were, I mean, you couldn't hardly break them off without a saw. There wasn't any sign of, of axe marks or a saw mark or anything like that. But when you go to the base of the tree, in the very center of that, you could see the rotten decrepit core of that huge tree you know that's samson you look at him you look at all of his success you look at all of his strength you think about how could that man fall there's christians in our lives and, and your life and my life that we've seen fall that you think how in the world did that happen they were giants they were huge to me spiritually they were huge to the church they've been huge to the cause of christ Inside, they were rotten from inside out. Sometimes it doesn't get all the way out, just the inside being rotten. And they fall, and there's no sign. You think, unless you look into their heart, you can't see where they went wrong. I'm afraid that was Samson. But he was down. He was in a bad spot. He was in despair. And I believe Samson could have let that prison house define him, but he didn't. He was not defeated. The Bible says, we'll continue on, we'll be, we'll be done. Verse 23, then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God and to rejoice. For they said, our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, unto our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God and they said, our God hath delivered into our hands our, our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set, him in bet- they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may fill the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O God, remember thee, I, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it, had, it was borne up. And one of one, one of with his right hand, and of the other with his left. And Samson said, "Let me die with the Philistines." And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon the pe- and upon all the people that were there within. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. There's three things God delivered Samson from, and I believe that had he not got right in that prison house, he might have just died in front of all those people. Samson was delivered from his enemies. You find these people, they're making sport of him. They're laughing at him. They're mocking God. They're mocking uh, all that he had ever done. He's, he's he's their enemy. He had killed more of them. There's more uh, sonless mothers. There's more husbandless wives because of Samson than, than, than we can ever imagine. He had done more damage to them and their culture and their people than than anyone else and here he is he's standing before him here he is they can finally get victory over him but it but but he was delivered from his enemies you'll find there in the end of this chapter then you'll find that he was delivered from empty faith in verse number 28 i like this prayer that samson prays to god you this is really the the time you actually find him truly leaning on god the only time you truly find that he was always leaning on his strength he's always leaning on his power and here he is leaning on God. He the Bible says, and Samson called unto the Lord and said, Oh God, remember thee. Look at uh, look at uh, Samson's prayer. It's asking for God's thought. He's saying, God, I'm here in this situation. I've got right. I'm gonna lean on you this time. Remember me. Give me your thoughts. Think on me. Give me your strength. I don't I can do it myself, but if I if I do it with you, there's greater uh, that can be accomplished. There's greater that can be done. And then he says here, he says, Strengthen me. Or he says, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee. He's praying for God's strength to come upon him. Now, isn't that amazing? Someone who's bigger than anyone we know, bigger than anyone we've ever seen, most likely this giant, huge, mean-looking man, here he is, he's saying, God, strengthen me. I've got my hair back. I've got my strength back, but I need you, God, to do this, to help me accomplish this. And then he's asking God here for God's triumph. He says, strengthen me, I pray thee only this once. I, I'm, like I said, I'm not grasping for straws or anything, but I believe that Samson knew that he wasn't worthy of another chance. He says, only this once. He probably knew that his life was coming to an end. He probably knew that his choices had gotten him to that point. He says, strengthen me, I pray thee only this once. O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines from my two eyes. He was delivered from his enemies. He's delivered from empty faith. He had empty faith, but God delivered him from it. He wanted God to use him. He asked God to use him. Let's read on and we'll see that he was delivered from ending in defeat. And Samson took hold, verse 29, took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines and he bowed himself with all his might and the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Let me say this, I want to make our, our application to our lives today and I'll be done. We're going to have enemies watching us just like he did. There, there are people out there that are walking in this world that are looking to see us fall. They're looking for something that they can do, something they can get into, that can can put in front of us to see us fall. And I'll tell you what, there's times that they'll get us in the prison house. I've been there. I, and, I, and I love you. And I don't mean anything against you. I don't mean this in a bad way, but three or, the past three or four years of my life, this is nothing that this church has caused anything, but the past three or four years of my life have been some of the darkest times I've ever had. Really, I had gotten out of that when I, when I came here. But then it seemed like that the, the, the fallout of that had continued in my life. Just things people have, have done and they, the way they've hurt me in Shelby, church and things of that nature. Yeah, just the dark, some of the darkest times I've had. I feel like I was in the prison house. I feel like my eyes had been plucked out of my head. <laughs> I feel like my strength was gone. I feel like my success was gone. I felt like here I am. I don't have the strength to even grind away. I don't have the strength to just keep on going. But thankfully, those enemies in my life, I don't want them to be enemies. I really would like to get along with everyone. God knows that I don't wake up and, think, and, and check off my list of people that I don't like. There's people I, don't, I really don't get along with, but I, don't, I, I can sleep at night knowing that I've done what I can to try to make things right. But those enemies in my life, they, they, they're watching me. And when I'm down there in that prison house, they're watching me. Right now, who knows? People will listen to stuff. That was my biggest reservation and concern about doing anything like this. When God first put the podcast on my heart, and then especially we come down to this situation, we're doing this, is because I have preacher friends that, that have fake Facebook pages made up about them, people making fun of them on those pages for things they say and do. And I, and this is local people. It's not somebody on the other side of the world making fun of them. These, these are local people. Anytime you put yourself out here like this, you're, you're, you're opening up the door to make, for somebody to make, some, make fun of you. But hey, you got to settle in your heart that I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to get out of this place. God, renew my strength. Give me my strength back. Isn't that wonderful that God used the picture of the hair as that example of his consecration, his purpose, in our, in in Samson's life. I believe we can get, begin to grow back. And hey, those people watching us down that prison house, I just imagine the people walking by while Samson's in there looking at him. Look, they're like almost like an animal at a zoo. We've domesticated this man. Look what we've done. Look what we've accomplished. And I imagine them walking by and showing their kids. There's people doing that to us people that, that we've we've had issues with in our life enemies that we we've had people enemies we may have made because we try to stand for the Lord enemies we may have made just because whatever reason that you'll find but there are enemies and God will deliver us from them he will also deliver us from empty faith it is what I do in that prison house yeah. that defines me spiritually yeah. and I don't care what the world sees because the thing is those people walking by looking at Samson they couldn't see what was in his heart, but I believe inside of his heart he's purposing for himself. Lord, next time I get the chance, I'm going to live for you. Next time I get the chance, I'm going to lean on you. That's what we need to do because that that prison house, like I said, it's a classroom. There's some kids in a classroom that take advantage of the knowledge that's being given, take advantage of learning. I tell you what, there's areas I wish I would took more advantage in school because you get out in the world and you get to working. You get to paying bills, you get to doing this. You get to, and I know I'm just getting started, but hey, I don't have as much time to learn like I used to. I'd say those, those spiritual places in our life, that prison house that you're in, the prison house I'm in, that's a good place to learn. But it's all what we choose to do with it. And then when we get out to the world, we're, we're before our enemies and they're watching us and they're laughing at us and they're scoffing at us. And they've, they've grown a group. There's tons of them. There's more than we've ever faced in our life watching us, watching how we react. It's at that point where we need a purpose in our hearts. Empty faith can't can't be. I've got to be filled with God's spirit. I need to ask him to remember me. I need to ask him to strengthen me. And I need to ask him to deliver me. Even if it's just this one more time, God woke me up this morning. And if that's all he ever did for me for the rest of my life, I'd be blessed. Samson's saying, hey, just this one more time, let me do it. Let me, and and he did did more in his death than he did in his life. And, And Brother Trent, that was here last week, he preached, there's a, a, a message on Facebook that he preached about Samson and doing more in his death than he did in his life. How true that is. But God can deliver us from ending in defeat. And that's the key there. Samson's life could have been remembered as anything. I mean, he had enough where we could have, re- we, we already kind of remember him as a kind of a, a bad example of, of a Christian. But we don't remember him ending in defeat. He didn't lay down and rot away in that prison house. But God came back, forgave him. He got right with God. And he come out of there stronger than he ever was. I know that's simple. I know that that's a story we all know, but how true it is. I heard a preacher say one time that where you got to be worried is when John 3.16 quits meaning anything to you. If it doesn't mean anything to you to hear it, you might want to evaluate things, even the simple stuff. I believe that's why God put it, puts it out there. It's plain and simple. Our lust, things we see, things we're pulled by, gets us in a bind. But it's our choice whether or not we want to recover from. Does anyone have anything?